I'm hiding in my daughter's room. Fair enough. Hide from the children. You what? Trying to hide from the kids. That's fair. (laughs) It's totally fair. I'm like, we're living through a reno right now. Mm -hmm. And so we, I, I just said, I don't care. I'm moving at least a desktop into my office. So I'm like, in an office was like, it's just, yeah. And I moved my desk. So now I have like, when I do this, I have this like terrible light that blasts the side of my face. It's not the best look, but what are you going to do? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. I'm excited. I was looking at your services and stuff and I'm like, Hmm, something to think about for sure. Do you ever work with Canadians? Uh, I have once. Mm-hmm. I just went individual, but I'm, um, yeah, and I mean, billing-wise, it seems fine. Yeah. I think everything's pretty transferable these days. I use IV. Um, Why? Yeah, so, well, yeah, because that's how I learned about you, actually, was in the group. Oh. But, um, yeah, so it makes it pretty easy. Well, I love it. Well, let's get started so you can kind of share with everybody what you do and how all this stuff works. So we're going to go. Hold on. Before I do that, though, it's uh, Brittany, what's your last name? Elms. Okay, Brittany Elms from my design assistant. Okay, yes. here we go. Oh, I got Big Sorry. Brother. I'm watching Big Brother right now, so I got Big Brother up, so I need to get everything. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get started. All right, guys, I'm here today with Brittany Elms from my design assistant. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too. So we were talking obviously before we started recording, speaking of mm-hmm. which, yes, I am recording. Um, so I guess we met in the Ivy Facebook group. Yes. This just in, hopefully I won't have to cut this out, but I'm hoping they're going to sponsor my podcast. So this will be a really nice little, (laughs) um, yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell us, start by having you tell everybody what it, let's start by, I think you only started your business a few years ago, right? In 2000 and yeah. Tell me about your backstory before you started this business. For sure. So my, education, I guess, or work experience is in baking initially. That was, I started that when I was like 19. What did you say? In what? In banking. Banking. Um, I thought you said baking. No, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I like to eat. I don't so much cook or bake. Um, But yeah, so you did that in banking for like seven years. Um, Started pretty young just because I thought that was like the responsible route to go. Uh, then eventually got my degree in psychology and I was working in behavioral health. Uh, so I worked for a local nonprofit and that I did for a few years up until I had my son. And so that was in 2016. And after having him, I just realized that, I mean, I don't know how much you know about the nonprofit world, but what I was in, uh, we worked with individuals with developmental disabilities and it really, it's really rewarding. It's really great to work with, you know, all the different people in that field. However, there's a lot of politics involved in it, which can take some of that reward out. It can get kind of defeating. And so uh, after we had our little boy, I just realized that one, we kind of needed a schedule change and two, I didn't really want to leave him if it wasn't something I was super passionate and excited about realizing that, you know, I mean, that's such a big chunk of your day when you're walking away and leaving your kids. And I mean, he was with his dad. It's not like I was just leaving him with a stranger or anything, but I realized I wanted to be home a lot more and, or, um, 
just doing something I was really excited about. And that's when I got connected with a local interior designer. And I worked with her. Uh, So he was about four months old when I started with her. And she realized after hiring me that she wasn't quite expecting the overhead that she would have with hiring a new employee and wasn't really prepared for that. So we scaled back a little bit. And that's when I created my design assistant because I figured if she needed somebody, you know, that extra help, but maybe didn't need it all the time or, you know, just when she got busy and you're in that kind of peak season, then she probably isn't alone. There's probably other people who needed that as well. And I was listening to Luann Negaro's podcast, A Well-Designed Business. And, you know, there's people, same thing all the time. They're saying, well, we're trying to grow, but then we just kind of hit this point where we didn't know what to do. And I was like, I could be that person. I could be that solution. And so then in 2017 is when I created my design assistant. Well, that's cool. So how did you get hooked up with this designer? Was it that she like, like, how did that happen? And what was the role that you were initially hired hired on to help her with? Uh, So how I got connected with her, I was taking a course on, um, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like a business exploration thing. And so I had done a couple different tests to see, you know, where my skill sets and my passions lie and interior design and like creative professions were always right at the top there. And it says like, well, I love interior design. I just had never, ever thought of it as a career path. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, you know, my husband was on board. So it's like, you know, I'm going to start reaching out to people. We'll see what I can do. So I did my research. I looked at all the local designers and I found one who I felt like our aesthetic was similar. Like I was really drawn to her style. And that's the one that I reached out to and And do we want to shout her out at all or no oh sure uh patty jones design okay i'm looking her up she's very it's funny her work is really rustic her personal style isn't like that at all like if you go into her home it looks nothing like that but she kind of excels at that for our clients with for her clients um yeah so it's kind of fun we live in central oregon which is very Okay, that was going to be my next question um, because you were working virtually with her. You you were then actually kind of working like somewhat. With her, I actually went to her office. And so how we had started, I actually just interviewed her. And then I was like, you know, I just want to learn more about what you do. I didn't really think of it as a job quite at that point. I just wanted to help her. So it's just like, if you you know, need any help anywhere. If you want somebody to manage your Facebook, whatever it may be, just let me know. And I'd love to help you out with that. And then as our relationship grew, like over the next month, then she decided to hire me. Oh, wow. And so basically you were helping with social media. Were you running errands for her too and stuff like that? Oh yeah, for sure. So I'd be picking up samples, doing floor plans, a little bit of product sourcing here and there. However, as you know, that's kind of the fun part. So um, yeah, it's a lot of what I do for clients now. And so that's why it made it really easy to transfer that skill set into a business because I was already doing that for somebody just in-house. And so I already had the practice to kind of apply that to other people's business as well. God, it's so smart. It's such a smart business model idea. It's kind of similar to... Um, when I spoke to the identity collective, um, Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, whenever that episode went live, it's just, it's so true. Designers really do like myself included need help from 
you know, the type of work you're talking, but it is really hard to commit. It's not even just saying like the overhead, but it's, it's like, you're saying it's, you know what, it might be slow right now and I can't keep you on, but it's being able to have that flexibility, which, which right. is awesome. Okay. So do at this point in time, how do you work with any local clients or do you do everything virtually now? I do everything virtually now. I think so. I still do projects with her every once in a while. Um, and then my other designer that I work with is, or here and there is in Portland. So that's three hours away from me. And then aside from that, a majority of my clients are in California or in, um, like the South. So a couple Southern States and then New York. So it's kind of funny. It's like either West coast, East coast or South. There's not much in the middle, but that's awesome. So tell everybody then, what are the different services that you actually offer designers and, and what does it look like for people to work with you? And I read some exciting stuff in the email response that I got from the automated one. So yeah, tell everybody what it is that you specifically offer and how that works. So I offer floor planning, product sourcing. I also do... Um, like product procurement. So I'll order the product, I'll track it. That way we make sure it gets to the right spot. And as you know, that can be so convoluted. We have one project that I'm working on right now. We have the fabric going from the vendor to the stain treatment facility to the furniture place because they're doing COM and then to a receiver. So there's just so many things there that can get lost. Um, So I offer that as well renders, trying to see if I miss... Oh, and then of course, since I use Ivy, then a lot of my designers will either find me through Ivy or I think just since I'm in the group and we've chatted a little bit, then they'll find me that way. Um, And so then I'll manage their Ivy accounts for them. So creating POs and proposals and sending invoices. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, You know what I love about that too is if some... I mean, obviously it's... Well, okay. The software that you use mm-hmm. with designers, is it, do you use Ivy, but do you also use other software or are you like, these are the softwares that I use? Okay. What can you share all of the different software that you're capable of working with? Uh, so Ivy I use primarily for my billing, invoicing, anything like that. So typically if I'm managing invoicing or proposals, then it usually is through Ivy. If I'm doing that for a client, I use Basecamp personally for my project management and that's to do, you know, if we're communicating back and forth, we're loading in files, or if you're assigning something that you need me to do, then that's the best location for that. And also that's where I do my product tracking. So um, I found if I create a folder, then I have a pretty streamlined process for kind of the full order to delivery tracking uh, that I have set up in Basecamp. And so I use it for that as well. Um, aside from that, Pinterest, I use a lot for my designers. And that's mainly because when I'm sourcing products, as you know, like the one thing that I feel, and this is with all of the programs that I've seen for interior design so far, is when you're clipping items or when you're adding them to Ivy, then your vendor area gets a little clogged. And, uh, yeah. And so when I'm sourcing product, I don't want to do that to somebody else's IV and I don't want to do that to my own IV. And so I put that into a Pinterest board and then we can kind of filter it out from there and cherry pick what we really like and move it forward. 
I agree. I'm the same way. I really, it's, it's always Pinterest for me while I'm sourcing for clients. And I just, I don't, I'm not really bringing it into Ivy until it's going to be being proposed to the client because it does yeah. get a little cray cray in there. Exactly. Well, and then the beauty of it too, what I found is when you're using Pinterest and especially for interior designers, it increases your visibility on Pinterest. So then I have mm-hmm. like 30,000 views, which I mean is neither here nor there. Like it doesn't really get me a lot of business, but if you really put your time and effort into it, then it could, like it really increases your visibility as an interior designer. And then when you've selected your final design, you can make, you know, a private board or something. Right. So, and okay. And then I, you also do, I'm I'm looking at your website, like you do move boards and admin, right? So mm-hmm. let's talk about the admin a little bit. Like, can we get specific as far as what type of administrative tasks you offer? It really depends on, I guess, just the need of the designer. So primarily with that admin, it's more like those proposals, invoices, things like that. I make it pretty clear. I don't do bookkeeping because I feel like that's a pretty separate yeah. skill set. Um, so typically I'll work with the bookkeeper of whoever so kind of coordinating back and forth with those proposals and invoices. Um, occasionally, if there's a designer that we like, I've worked with pretty regularly and they have some additional things like maybe a blog or newsletter, things like that, then I'll do that with them. But I also make it very clear that that is not like my great skill set. I'll usually refer them to somebody like Kate the Socialite or Oprah mm-hmm. and but I got it. And okay, so do you also do things like monitoring emails, replying to leads or things like that at all ever? I don't do that. I actually have somebody who do or does that for me. So, um, like and you I don't specifically, okay. So your business does it, but not you specifically. Is that what you mean? Like you have somebody within your business that can do it for your designers. Right. So recently what we've done, um, I did have somebody who was doing that in house and I know I need to change that email response because it is a little different now. Um, so I have a girl, her name is Jay and she actually does all of my email management and then email management for a couple of my other designers. And so we're separate, but we work together, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So she's paid separately. She's her own business, but then it's helpful because as far as communication goes, you know, you can't be in your email box all day, right? Like, And it's just overwhelming sometimes anyway. So if you're out on an install or say like one of our designers recently was on vacation. So then whenever she had any email that was pertinent to me, then she would forward it on. So that communication still was going, even though that designer was gone and could only check her email like here and there. Got it. And just so I'm clear, when you said earlier, she does my email, you mean like she manages your inbox, not like... Right. She manages right. my inbox as well. Mm-hmm. Does your inbox get out of control? It does sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it used to get really overwhelming because I'd be like, oh my gosh, I checked it this morning. I already have 50 emails. Oh like, my God. Ugh. And so in some of it, you know, a lot is just new assignments from a designer. Like they're like, hey, just want you to see this information. But then you still have to filter all of that to figure out where it needs to go. And so she's really great about still take all of that. She has a, um, anything that I need to look at just today, anything that needs a response. 
anything that um, maybe is like lower on the bar, but just needs to be responded to by the end of the week. And then... Is it just like tagged with flags of different colors that represent certain things? No, she has files. And so then they're all at the top of my email box. And then when I go in there, I can see where everything is filed. And then once it's been completed, then she puts it into the client folder. So then if I ever need to go back and see a communication, I can go to the client folder and I have all of their emails. So it's just a way that I would never, ever be organized on my own. (laughs) So she helps me to do that. All right, guys, I could not be more excited to share with you my very first podcast sponsor. That's right, guys. Rail Talk Design got a sponsor. And before I get into information about the sponsor, I just want to make sure it's really clear that when I set out to find sponsors for the podcast, it was very important to me that I only work and partner with people and companies that I love, have worked with, ideally continue to work with, but that's not necessarily a must have, but that I stand behind. And I will absolutely do that. And I will not accept uh, sponsorships from from brands or companies that I don't ultimately just love. So with that said, let's talk about Ultralux Linens. So guys, I found Ultralux Linens when I went to a workshop at TIDC, Toronto International Design Center. And I had never been there. And I showed up for an event. It was Kimberly Selden talking about her flat fee book. And I had no idea. I started walking and roaming around and I did stumble upon Ultralux Linens. I probably even met Jacqueline, the owner. So Jacqueline, the owner, has, is a designer decorator with over 20 years of experience. I basically walked in. Uh, they told me about all the brands they carry. And I'm telling you, it's all the brands are already sourcing, if not more. Uh, and it's a showroom with over 5,000 square feet. It's insane. It's on the second floor, suite 202. And they carry, like I said, tons of brands, over 75 brands of fabrics. So we're talking Kravit, Maxwell, JF Fabric, Allendale, Avant-Garde. The list literally goes on. Go check out their website to learn more. But for me, it was great too, because while I was in there, I actually learned about one of my favorite lines of fabric, which is fabric cut. You guys are probably thinking, I, uh, Michelle, get with the game. You probably already know about fabric cut, but I didn't. Reminder, started my business three years ago. I did not know anything about fabric brands. And now I love it. And anytime I'm sourcing any fabric, I always order it through Ultra Lux because Number one, I can order multiple fabrics from one place. I can even go check it out first before they actually start uh, putting them into drapery because guess what? They also recently worked, opened a workroom. So the workroom has over 30 years of combined experience in drapery and bedding. I'm also going to start sourcing client duvet covers here with the Tuscany linen fabric where I can actually pick the color that I want at the same time that I'm doing everything else. It's amazing. So I will say, I'm going to keep you guys posted. I'm actually doing my own drapery with Ultra Lux Linens Workroom, and I'm going to share all about the process and what that looks like. So you'll want to check out my Insta stories, and also um, I'll do another ad talking about that. But it's great. They also have wall coverings. They have rugs, hardware sheets, including a private label bedding brand, which is from Portugal. It's called Sugar Baker Bedding. Again, I've just started. I, I've been going to Ultralux for a while. And it's let's just say it's high time they sponsored my podcast because I actually also didn't know about the sheets and 
towels, guys. They have multiple brands of towels and lines of towels where they have samples. You can pick your color. You can pick the details that you want. You can go on the website, see what different options you get. It's just insane. They also have furniture, so custom upholstered beds, chairs, and ottomans. And in addition to all that, I'm probably missing something. Guys, it's it's very robust. They have a team of installers for drapery, for blinds, and wallpaper, and they will arrange it all. So it's it's really everything that you need all under one roof if you need it. And what I love is I can just shoot a quick email like I did today uh, asking for a memo sample, and they also do drop shipping. So guys, you got to check it out. They are known for exceptional service and for being an expert resource for designers and decorators. So Jacqueline, the owner, and Emily, who works very closely with her, will work with you to, to really help you find what you need. I show up, I tell them kind of the vibe I'm after, and they will pull books for me with a wallpaper. They'll pull wallpaper books based on the vibe I'm giving them. And then I just keep showing them more stuff. Like, do you have more like this? And they really help you kind of get where you need to go. So if you want to learn more, I want you to go to ultraluxlinens.com or if you're feeling extra spicy, that made no sense. Uh, go to TIDC second floor suite 202 and do me a favor, peeps. Make sure you tell them that Michelle from Real Talk Design sent you and she will, she will take good care of you. Well, okay, this just in. I feel like between you and her, I feel like you just obviously had to come up with really great organizational processes, right? I try. I always say, I've actually even written a blog post about this. I'm not inherently organized. Like that's not my nature. Um, actually, my dad for the longest time was like, I'm pretty sure you're ADHD. Like I feel like we need to get you tested uh, and we never did. I don't have any official diagnosis, but um, so as a result of that, I feel like it's actually been somewhat of a blessing that it forces me to create all of these different systems to keep me on track because I can get distracted easily. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't remember stuff very easily. And so for that, the reason I have all these different systems is because it helps me to check myself. Yeah. So like for base camp, when I'm doing those to do's, um, like I said, I have my product procurement and all of that tracking in there. I set to do's as reminders for what I need to follow up on, like when, and then I have a note in there exactly what I'm following up on. So need to follow up that order was actually placed or need to follow up. This is the correct address or whatever it may be. So then when I go in there, I have an alert on that date that I need to follow up on the item. And then when I go into my notes, I have exactly what question I'm asking. And then that way I'm not yeah. hopefully falling behind. <laughs> yeah. Slash having to go back and go like, what is going on? Um, right. And then well, it's so nice once you get to the end of it, you know, the whole story of the product. So. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that because I recently was diagnosed with ADHD and I have a similar thing where people think I'm highly organized, like around my life, but I've, it's the same thing for me. I've had to do these things mostly because I never remember anything. And even sometimes with my best efforts of like having everything in a calendar, I still like don't pay my bills on time or whatever, but it's the same thing. It's like a, it's a coping mechanism, which is very effective. Mm -hmm. Um, and it helps me sleep at night. So there you go. You probably do have ADHD. I just diagnosed you. (laughs) Um, okay. So what's that? 
I said, I'm pretty certain, but (laughs) I've managed this long. So, so far we're doing good. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. about how, um, first of all, how many clients do you juggle at one time? I've recently actually just changed my structure. And reason being, it used to be kind of, I don't want to say infinite, but there really wasn't a cap because I would take either like people could buy a package of a certain chunk of hours, at which point they could use at any time or they could sign on for hourly. And, you know, we just kind of, it was just the wild west. Like if I had time to take you in, then I would take you in. And that was a great, um, but what I found is I really want to be a lot more connected with the designers and their projects. And I feel like I wasn't able to give like my whole heart to each designer just because it was so hard to remember all the details of, you know, their preferences, how they like things. Um, so that long story, just to say that I've actually changed it to where I think max 10 is what I can take right now. And I am reaching that. Um, so I have either 10, 25 or 50 hour packages. And then that way, you know, if you're somebody who just needs a little help here and there in the month, then there's that. Or if we're working a lot more regularly together, uh, like the, one of the designers I have in California, like I said, I manage all of her product orders, uh, all of her POs and invoices and proposals and things like that. And so she's more in that 50 hour range. Yeah. Oh, I like what I really like about this is that I started to say this and then I didn't, um, in particular with Ivy, for example, as an example, yeah, yeah. I really like that me, I know that what I want to do when I get to this point, um, where I want to hire somebody to do my purchasing, Mm -hmm. it would make so much more sense to have you come in and do it because you already know how to use Ivy Mm-hmm. I mean, the only, I guess the only thing would be like, well, also you might even be able to teach the designers a little bit, a thing or two about Ivy who maybe doesn't get in as deep as you do, but it might just be nuances of like how, how different designers like to use their own Ivy. That might be a bit complicated, but. Yeah. For the most part, I feel it's time, It kind of seems like when people are ready to hand over Ivy, they're ready to hand it over. Like. And they're they willing to just have you do it the way you do it. and and uh, Right. They're just kind of done. Um, I haven't just not done like Ivy, the program is bad. Like I didn't mean it that way, but more it's just, you know, that's not a fun process yeah. a lot of times, right? Uh, so they're ready to just kind of hand it over and you do this, you take care of it. Um, and the funny thing is I do get a lot of emails where they're like, hey, where is this in Ivy? And so then I'm just, you know, respond back to it. Uh, Because I do get to play around in there a lot. So I have found a lot of different things that maybe you just wouldn't automatically know. Like, how do you sign your or send your client to the dashboard? Where is their dashboard link? Like, a lot of people would probably know that. Other people, maybe they've never used that feature yet. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just feel like it's like you said, I mean, I'm not done with I love Ivy. I, I love the program. But it is I like the, when I think about how I can grow my business to take on more projects, it's it's what I've been thinking is, when I get to phase two, which is purchasing and managing and buying, like ordering, that is all gonna be somebody else who can do that. Because right then I can take on more the design like phase one stuff while somebody's doing the other stuff. 
So right. it just makes so much sense. So that's really awesome. I really, really like that. Um, so for your product sourcing, mm-hmm. how does it like, so what is it that happens with a designer? Okay. I want you to do some sourcing for me. What does that communication look like? How do you like to receive a request like that? And what's the best strategy to be as effective as possible? Sure. Uh, so best strategy, just, you know, information vomit, everything that you have. So if you have photos, if you have a Pinterest board, anything like that, it's super helpful because the only struggle with that a lot of times is that I don't get to ever walk in the space. So I don't get yeah. to have a feel for the space. I don't get to meet the di- or the client. So then I don't get to kind of, you know, get vibes from them either. So I do miss on that part, but generally what I'll ask a designer is, okay, are there colors that we're aiming for? Are there colors that we are avoiding? What's the vibe that you're going for in the space? And then of course, dimensions are always helpful. So if there's a floor plan and it's not uncommon for me to get a floor plan from a designer and they're just saying, Hey, we need a sofa we need a chair. So then it's kind of up to me to figure out what fits in the space and arrange it that way. And so generally I'll kind of make a little mock-up floor plan and play with furniture just so I know what fits in there. Um, But yeah, and then of course the items that we're needing, because sometimes we're furnishing a whole room. Sometimes we just need the basic furniture. So it's pretty flexible. It's just, you know, the more information that you have, the better. Mm -hmm. If we're needing custom versus, you know, something that's ready-made, I think the thing that most people, and this is just design in general, I found is there's usually not a budget. Like there is a budget, but there's not a budget. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know that design clients do that. They're kind of, it's always, you know, if they love it enough, they're going to pay for it. But there is a line in their head, but they're not really wanting to say it because they still want, you know, that wow. They want to say they love. So yeah. So with the, the, the designers that you're working with um, that are maybe regular every single week, yeah. you have a significant amount of hours working with them every week. What do they do on a weekly basis to tell you what your priorities are weekly? Or is that even what happens? Like, how do you guys con- continue to communicate? Do you get on a, a weekly call? Like, how we is it? Do, yeah, we do often do a weekly call and we have a blocked out system. So... Monday, Wednesday, Friday are admin days. And then Tuesday and Thursdays are product order and tracking. And so really Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's if we're creating a new account in Ivy or this designer also uses Basecamp. So creating a new account in Basecamp. Um, you know, any floor plans that we need to do, if there's scheduling that we need to do, anything like that. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's when we're ordering new product. We're following up on orders and tracking uh, paying invoices, whatever it may be. Okay. And, and like you said, you basically get on a call, they'll, they'll download like, okay, here's what I need you to focus on this week. And Mm -hmm. you get as much information as you need in order to accomplish those things. Or do they sometimes just go into base camp, I guess, and, and give you your list of to do's there and you only get on a call if needed. Yeah, primarily the to do's are in base camp with this particular designer that I work with more regularly we do typically do a weekly call and it's just because even so things can kind of drop off. Like maybe I'll ask a question and she didn't see it or she'll Mm -hmm. ask a question and vice versa. I didn't see it. 
So it's nice to kind of check in and then you have that chance to be like, oh, hey, um, there was this and I didn't see a response from you. Where are we at with that? And just kind of to get on the same page. And I found like, you know, this last month we were both on vacations. I was on vacation in the beginning of the month. She was on vacation at the end of the month. And so there just wasn't a lot of phone communication and you do kind of feel out of touch. So it is nice to have that kind of check in, see where we're at and just know Mm -hmm. we're on the same page. Got it. Um, What time zone are you? I'm on the West Coast, so Pacific. Right. Okay. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's talk about Basecamp for a sec. So I used to use Basecamp. This is like, no, this is mostly about how you use it. And, you know, I used to use Basecamp in corporate years ago, like, but like a long time ago. It would have been probably six plus years ago. Okay. I'm very curious of like how it's evolved. I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't feel like they have a trial. I could be wrong about that. That I don't remember. I think they do have a trial. I know, I feel like they were just um, purchased or something by somebody else. Okay. Um, Somewhat, there was some sort of change or they were rebranding. There was something that happened recently. I do believe they have a trial. Um, I'm not familiar with what it used to look like. Right. But I can kind of tell you how I use it with yeah. designers. And then um, I guess you'll know a little bit more about it. So I love the campfire. That feature is kind of like a chat box. And so that's a really great way if somebody has a quick question or if we have a team so... One of my design firms that just signed on, they have a admin girl that's in the office that I'll be kind of working back and forth with, a junior designer, and then the head designer, principal designer. So all of us are in that base camp thing. So if you send something to Campfire, then the whole group gets to see it. So then we're able all to hash it out, which I mean, it's kind of the same if you have a group email chain. Yeah, that's annoying. (laughs) It's a little easier to where you can still search things and find them better. So, Mm. and that's Campfire. Everybody gets alerted when there's a new message in there. Then there's the to-dos. So if there's a new mood board, sourcing, anything like that, then that's where that new task assignment would be placed. And then people can assign it to me. So then they're able to put the date that they would like to have it done and assign it to me. So then it gets an alert sent to me. So it shows up in my to-dos, um, like my master list, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have all of our notes in there. And that's what I really like about it is when somebody has sourcing, then I can put the Pinterest link in there. They can go, they look at it. They always have that. I just find when you email, they're always somehow tends to get like 20 email chains started. And then you're trying to find like, where was that Pinterest link? I know it was in one of these emails. Whereas if you just have it in this one to do, then you know, okay, I go there, there's all the information I need. And then all the notes that they have can be in that one same spot as well. Docs and files, that's, you know, if we have any floor plans that they've added or I need to add in, we also have those in the to do. It just kind of depends on what works for the project. And then there's the message board. And for that, I keep any login information, like anything that I'm going to need to reference continuously throughout the project. Got so it. that's how I use it. Right. And are you also able, like, I feel like this was a thing, but I can't remember. So if I, as a designer, have a specific set process for my clients, right? 
like mm-hmm. one phase two phase three is there project templates that you can create that you can then like copy or export to create mm-hmm. you know and then you do that do you yeah. do you um do that sort of work for for your clients too where they know they use Basecamp. they have a new project so you're going to set up everything for them in Basecamp yeah. for the new pro yeah Mm-hmm. And they do have project templates. So you can kind of pick and choose which ones that you want to do. I think I haven't gone this far into the project template. I do have one, but I feel like you can also, like if you have a welcome letter or something that you want to send out to all clients, I believe you can also have that as part of your template. So wow. then it already has that input. Don't quote me, but I guess. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, and I, and so you're saying like any of the tasks can have like a deadline attached to it. Does uh-huh. it also email you just as a reminder if you want it yep. to? That's so cool. There's, you can choose different reminders. So if there's something that you're directly attached to, so if somebody's assigned it to you or they've pinged you or they've attached your name to it in any way, you can set it up to where it only alerts you in that instance or you can set it up to where you get all alerts. And the other thing that I really like about it is you can set it up for a time frame. So I'm really bad about looking at my emails and stuff and then kind of stressing myself out because I look at them all the time. And then my husband's like, but we're out to dinner. And I'm like, oh, yeah. but it's just a second. Um, <laughs> so I've shut it off to where I only get alerts between a certain time frame. So then they don't always come through, but then in the morning it says, Hey, here's what you've missed. And it sends me an email. So then I see all the communication that happened in that timeframe. So that's nice because it gives you a way to shut things down and kind of, you know, walk away and then it's, but that's okay because here it all is. So you can respond to it. Oh, I do like that because certain things pop up while you're trying to have a good time or a good weekend and all of a sudden now it's in a bad headspace. Even if you're not doing anything about it, you're just like, womp, womp. Yeah, and I always tell people, I'm like, I try, and I can't say that I'm super successful with this, but I really try not to work on the weekend. And so if nothing else, I just tell people, like, please don't expect anything on the weekend. Like I might be working to catch up, but just don't expect me to do it. Totally. I don't know if you do this or not. What, what email software do you use? Gmail. Right. So I think they have this in Gmail, but I had to purchase this stuff thing called like Butler because I do work on the weekends or I do work at night. But, and I, if I'm sending an email, I want to just like, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to compose it this morning and remember to send it in the morning. So mm-hmm. I just schedule it so that no yeah. matter what, it, it's the emails are being received to, at client for clients during regular hours, even if I'm not working, which is super key. Right. Yeah, I noticed that feature not too long ago. And so I've started using that because then it is confusing when you yeah. tell somebody, I don't work on weekends. And then suddenly they're receiving emails from you on the weekend. They're like, but you kind of do. Yeah. So you could just do this one thing. And so... I did notice that feature recently on Gmail and I'm like, I need to do that because it's so confusing and it sends mixed messages. If you're saying, I don't want to do this, but then you're doing it anyway. Totally. And you're absolutely right. It's like completely mixed messages. And if you send it, let's it's Saturday, 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. You send an email and the Mm -hmm. client replies. Right. And then you don't want to reply because we'll know. But then you look like the person, like, but you just sent me an email and now you're not replying. So it's, yeah, it's just best to schedule it. This is a very good tip for people. So yeah. I know I use, like I said, I use um, iCal because I'm on a Mac and I don't use the Gmail app. 
So oh, okay. I had to pay for something. I think it was like a hundred dollars for the year, but it, it does a lot of other stuff that I never use, but it's called Butler and it's great. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's super key. So, okay. I, you were talking about the different ways people can work with you then, right? So you're yeah. saying people could just be hourly and, or they can um, do basically like time blocks. Yeah. So primarily I am moving away from the hourly and just doing that as a test. So I still do do it for some of my seasoned designers. So if they're listening, don't get scared. Uh, But any new projects, it's really just for the testing, like to see if we jive, I guess. And then from there, they can move on to a package rate. And is there a minimum that you'll accept uh, as far as a current client is concerned? Like, is there criteria that a client needs to meet in order to be considered as a client? No. Um, do you mean like qualification? Like if they have to be I mean, designer or time no, frame? No. Like if I'm like, well, I only want like five, I just need you to do something. Like, is there like a minimum hours that you need to commit to, to at least be considered? Gotcha. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's 10 hours at this point. And what I've been doing, uh, so I do have the, my design assistant collective, which is a Facebook group. And I, the whole goal, I'm actually creating a directory of interior design assistants as well. And so that fingers crossed will be live in early September. Um, anyway, so with that, I do forward other VA information. So if it's something like they're saying, oh, I just need a single floor plan, or this is kind of a one-off project that I need, I'm starting to just forward that on to other design assistants that I know do those projects because it's just not a right fit for me at this time. Right. And so, okay. So in the minimum time, like the, let's say I got 10 hours, for example, uh-huh. would it be like they, those need to be used within the month kind of thing? It's a three month commitment. So it doesn't have to be used in the month, but So say you use five hours that first month, which isn't unusual because people are still kind of figuring out how to hand things off because it's not necessarily intuitive because you start thinking, well, I could just do this myself or I'll just do this really quickly. Or even had one designer and she's like, I feel bad handing stuff off to you. But that's, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. It's okay. Um, And so what we do is we'll just roll those hours over. So it's a retainer. You paid at the beginning of the month. Mm -hmm. You have 10 hours that month. If you don't use it all that month, that's fine. It'll just roll over into the, essentially for that three months that we're working together, you can use those at any time. If you go over 10 months and that, or sorry, 10 hours in that first month, then again, it would just be built up against the next month. Okay. So here's a selfish question. How do you track your time? Ivy. Ivy. And mm-hmm. okay, I don't use Ivy at this point um, to track my time just because I like to get a little bit more in depth with like how I can track my time. But how do you um, keep track of the hours and like when is a client notified? Okay, let's say they bought 10 hours. Mm-hmm. And because I do time blocks too, like I basically estimate hours for projects and then I, I, I collect a lump sum of money. And then I normally say, around five hours or depending on how many, like if it was a large sum of money, like hours that have been procured, then it might be a little bit more than that. But I normally say around five hours, I'm just going to give you the heads heads up. Like here's where we're at just to, 
to gauge, right? Do you do right. that? And, and how do you manage that? Because I find it to be a lot to do with just like five clients, let alone 10. And making yeah. sure that, you know, you don't accidentally go over and then they were like, oh, I wish you had told me. I wouldn't have gotten you to do that or... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Typically, it's not an issue. Uh, very rarely... Yeah, I don't know that I've had a designer that I haven't known beforehand that we were hitting that. And reason being, I feel just mentally, I kind of track it as I'm going through, like I already know, okay, we have 10 hours for this month or before I would do 15 hour packages. And so when they would sign up for a new project, like if we hadn't been working together for a while and they've come back with a new project, then I would always look at the remaining amount of hours first. If I knew that they were a package client and then say, Hey, just so you know, we have this many hours left. The project that you're proposing takes about this much. We can proceed in this way. You can either purchase a new package or we can continue at, you know, an hourly rate. And so then we would just go from there. Got it. Um, Yeah. So if we get down, usually I do about two hours. So if we get to that two hour mark, then I'll kind of send out an alert and say, Hey, this is how much we have remaining on your package. So how would you like to proceed? Got it. And, um, uh, ooh, 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 I just lost my train of thought. It was about hours and now I don't remember. Uh, that's fine. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, so when people are purchasing hours, it, it's, um, basically starts at 10 and then whatever, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 kind yep. of thing. And is it, um, is it also like if I, the least amount of hours I purchase, is it the most expensive or is it just like, you're just paying for hours, paying for hours doesn't really matter. Right. You're just paying for hours. Okay. Um, and reason, so the package is more for me to set aside my time appropriately and know how much I can take on. Yes. And I get, um, I mean, I get several designers and they'll be like, so how much can you fit? Or one of my most recent clients, for example, they signed on for 10 hours and then their junior designer quit. <laughs> so she's oh. like, I might need more. And we kind of hit a troublesome position there. Cause I was like, well, I don't have that many more to give. So I can refer you to somebody else. I do know somebody else with a similar skill set who I'm sure would do a great job or we can continue at the 10, whichever and they did decide to continue at the 10 hours. Um, so yeah, that's primarily what the packages are for is to ensure that that time is available for you. That makes sense. And what's the most amount of hours you normally like do for one client in a week? Uh, probably 15 for just like one client. Yeah, that's fairly yeah. significant. I would assume, is this wrong to assume? Like if the more you... I mean, this seems obvious. The more you are working with a client, the more efficient that time probably becomes to... Right. Well, and just, you know, if you were working in office, same thing, you just get more familiar with their style, their communication. I am pretty avoidant of text messaging with my design clients. And I learned that I used to be a cheer coach and I made the mistake of giving everybody my number because I wanted to be super accessible And I regretted that almost immediately. I was just like, this is the worst mistake I could have ever made and made sure that my successor knew that. I was like, do not give out yourself a number. Um, So I kind of took that into business with me as like, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't the end of the world. So they can access me through my email. But if it's somebody that I work with really regularly and most of them are super respectful of my time, then I will give out my cell phone number. Gotcha. And so... 
Yeah. Yeah, and you you get to know them enough to know, which is basically right. what you're saying, right? Like you're like, you are a reasonable human. You're not going to do this unless it's a, a legit emergency or whatever. Right. And then on that time efficiency, that helps too. If we're needing to communicate really quickly, if I'm doing a proposal or something, I'm like, hey, you forgot to mention what your markup is on this or are we marking it up for this? Then I can quickly send out that text message and they can send information to me. So that does help our efficiency a lot. Whereas I feel with the emails, you know, sometimes there can be that lag time between because I do try to not check them super frequently. I do like periodically Mm -hmm. throughout the day because, you know, otherwise you're just going to be sitting there responding to emails all day. Yeah, that's definitely something I have been working very actively at doing. Do you just shut your email down completely and don't have it be available like to be yeah, seen. I try to close the window. Sometimes, I mean, I'm not super great at this, I'll admit, because it's hard. You know that that's coming in or then there's that feeling like, oh, if somebody emails me and they need something right away. I want to make sure that I'm present for them. But then at the same time, it's just, it's such a time suck. It really is. And so I try not to. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard, I heard somewhere that when you're living in your inbox, you're basically just working on other people's priorities all day, as opposed to doing what you have deemed to be your priority. And that's the thing. If there's an emergency, pick up the phone and call me. Not that I ever answer my phone, but (laughs) I'll see that you called and I'll I'll check it or whatever. But um, when, when, when designers are giving you things to work on, for example, whether it be a project or maybe like a smaller task of things that are needed, Mm -hmm. um, if let's say I was working with you and this week I said, here's the list of things I need done this week. Are you able to confirm that those can be done this week or? Yeah. And will you advise of, okay, here's when I can do X, Y, Z for you. Um, Mm -hmm. So typically they'll say what is a priority to be done and then we'll go from there. So if they have a whole long list of things and like, I need all of this done and it's something that maybe won't fit in that week, then we can be like, okay, well, what's priority? Like what absolutely needs to be done this week to get sent out to your client? Okay, this is when it can be done. So guidelines for my designers, typically I'll tell them nothing with less than 24 hours notice. And reason being the time block for that day has probably already been set up. And it's just hard to fit that in. So generally... I've been trying to have a window of time for edits. So then if somebody sends something and they're like, hey, we need this small change or whatever, um, then I have the time blocked out for that. That being said, also I say typically if we're doing a floor plan, sourcing, anything like that, I tell clients to give me at least a week. And then that way, again, we have time to go back and forth for edits. And finally, I'll always tell them, if we have a project, do do not schedule it with less than at least a couple days between when you're presenting and when you're needing. So if you need a floor plan, don't ask for it to be done on the day you're presenting because mm-hmm. it just is chaotic. <laughs> um, and then there's usually some sort of tweaking that needs to be done. Either there was, you know, I'm not perfect. I might've missed something. I don't charge people if I've made an error. I'm not going right. to charge them for me to go back and correct it. Um, but then also there's those things that maybe you noted it and then you see it and you're like, Oh wait, I want that tweaked a little bit, or maybe try this over here. Uh, so give yourself time and me time to prepare something that you want to present to your client. 
It sounds fairly simple too. I mean, it's like, if you tell me that, okay, if you want me to source product for you, this is the kind of time I need. If you want me to do a floor plan for you, this is like, and it's just part of your, you know, when you start a project, you say, well, this is when I need to get it to, you know, which seems like if you have the information, it should be fairly manageable to, to kind of handle, right? Um, right. So the next question I have is, for somebody to work with you, what is the process of, you know, getting into kind of, you know, your pipeline and what kind of information do you need from people to, to get that ball rolling? And, and is there like an interview process and stuff like that? Kind of. So what they do there, so my website is mydesignassistant.com and I do have contact on there. And typically people will submit a contact form. And then from that point, they'll automatically receive my information packet, which has all of my, you know, the programs that I use, the services that I offer, and then also what my rates look like. So the packages there, it the goal is that it has all the information that they need to decide if this is the right step for them to continue communication for me or with me. Uh, and then usually I'll follow up if I haven't heard from them within a couple of days, just saying, hey, just to make sure that you received my informational packet, here it is. And then I'll provide it again. Reason being because the autoresponder sometimes might go to their spam. And so yeah. then it allows them that. And then from there, there's a link to my calendar so they can schedule a phone call. The phone call used to be on my website and or the ability to schedule a phone call used to be on my website. I did remove that because I found I was getting a lot of calls from people that were just interested in what I did, not necessarily looking to hire me. And I mean, I'm always happy to talk about my business and what I do and things like that. But I found sometimes I would be doing 10 hours or more a week just in phone calls for people that had no intention of hiring. (laughs) They just were like, cool, this is cool. So I want to learn more about it. And it would just, oh my gosh, it was so stressful. Mm-hmm. So I took that option off my website completely. And then if you submit and you get that um, package, then there's a link in there. So they have that option if they want to take that next step to schedule that phone call with me. We talk. And then if they decide that it's a good fit, then I'll send them a link to my agreement form. And then from there, they can fill that out. And then we go to Basecamp and Ivy. And that's where we start. Amazing. Okay. I see too, the 3D plans that you do are in home designer, which is chief architect also. Is it the same thing or no? It's a DIY is what I think they labeled it. So it's not professional software, Um, but it does, for what I found, it does a lot of what any of the designers I work with need to have done. So it allows you to create floor plans, while you're creating a floor plan, it simultaneously creates a 3D version of the space. So then a lot of times it's pretty easy to go in there and add some finishing touches so you can create that 3D render. With the Home Designer or Home Designer Pro, which is the version I use, you don't get those same quality... What is the ray tracing? I think it's what Yeah, it's I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get those same quality, like real life renders, but you do get a pretty good idea of you know, you have something that's nice to present to the client so that they have a good idea of exactly what you're trying to achieve. Uh, you can import in wallpapers, you can import different 3D models. So it definitely gets the job done. 
So I personally use home designer interiors 2017. So if I start, okay, could, can this be done where either maybe I sent you the measurements I had taken on paper, you Uh build it out, you get all the walls there, do what I need to do. And then you're like, okay, here you go. It's ready for you to like play with. Like, can you send files to each other? So for, I send it to you. Then I say, I want you to add wallpaper. I want you to add this, this, can, can the files be sent? Not that I'm saying you keep going back and forth, but can I send to you? You could send to me if I needed to. Yeah, for sure. So the only hiccup in your, like if we are using you specifically, is recently with the way that Home Designer is doing their updates, if you make a change in a new program, it cannot be retroed. So for example, if I send you a plan in 2019, which is my version, you're not going to be able to open it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't so, have but I could open yours. But then if I made any edits to it, you would no longer be able to open it. So there's that. I need to um, upgrade to the current, like what I need to pay to upgrade to current year. Yeah, it's pretty discounted because I know Home Designer Pro, I believe is 500 and then it's $100 to upgrade to the next one. So oh, wow. it definitely doesn't break the bank. It's not. Yeah, totally makes sense to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But just that issue has definitely bit me in the butt a couple times because I have one designer who's still using 2018 and then I'm using 2019. And then my husband's like, you should just pay for her to upgrade. <laughs> because yeah. there's been a couple of times where I've created an entire plan and I get ready to send it. And then I realize what I had just done. Because oh. she's not going to be able to open this plan. Um, oh, so that has happened, which is not ideal. And they didn't used to do that. It used to be, you could retro back and forth. And I think that just started in 2018. So yeah, money grab. So yeah. is there anything else that um, we didn't talk about that you want to share that we didn't cover? I think this sounds awesome and so smart. Thank you. I think it was pretty comprehensive. Uh, I guess just reinforcing, like you said, I do have the directory coming out and I think that's going to be such a cool tool for designers. I feel People are so hesitant or kind of, they just don't know where to look for design assistance. You know, it's hard. Definitely interior design is a nuanced industry. And so it's hard to find somebody that's familiar with the industry. So the goal is hopefully to, you know, present designers with legitimate prospects to bring on. I can't work with everybody. And I know, I mean, there's interior design virtual assistants popping up everywhere. Like all the time I'm seeing them on my Instagram you know, in podcasts, everything. So they're definitely out there. So this is the goal would be one concentrated area that designers can go to find help. I love it. And um, we talked about this before we officially started recording because I'm in Canada, you're in Oregon, you do, you have worked with Canadians and you can, I mean, obviously people just need to be aware of any time zone changes and stuff. Right. And that's the trickiest part is, you know, sometimes I say, oh, I'll have this done in the afternoon. And then people on the East Coast are like, hey, it's afternoon. I'm like, well, not for me. (laughs) Not yet. Um, So again, just kind of knowing that we have a couple days before an official presentation or anything that gives us a little flexibility, especially with that time zone thing. So we try to beat it, but sometimes it can be a little tricky. I love it so much. Well, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and um, how they can join your Facebook group? Yeah, absolutely. So again, my website is mydesignassistant.com. 
My Instagram is my design assistant business. It's really um, primarily the social media that I'm most active on. And then to join the group, uh, I do have my Facebook page, my design assistant. And within that is the MDA community. And in that we have weekly interviews where I bring in different professionals. Last week, we had a photographer and she was talking about getting good branding photos you know, what to wear, what not to wear, things like that. So a little bit of business advice. It's kind of a small scale podcast, I guess. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming. And um, I, I'm actually going to get the packet and get to learn a little bit more about some of that stuff. Because at some point, I definitely want to, when I get to that point, but um, I definitely want to be getting somebody to at least take care of purchasing. And it makes so much sense to obviously work with somebody who already knows the software. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I know there are different, so there is an Ivy procurement group. I'm not even sure what their name is. Um, but I believe you have to purchase through them and then, so right. Or there's myself. I don't do that, but yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask though, before you go, the, the, with where, you know, how you were talking about, um, the base camp for tracking the purchases. Does yeah. the designer also have access to go peek in just to learn like, Oh, I want to know oh, what's yeah, going on. Sure. Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. And so one thing I know kind of a barrier, people are always kind of nervous that when they sign them up for base camp, that they're going to have to pay a subscription fee and there's no subscription fee. It is my account and you're just invited to it. But yes, so they would have absolute access. And the nice thing is if at some point you're needing to follow up on that order and you know, maybe I'm not available, I'm on vacation, whatever it may be. They have all the notes there. So when they call, they see all of our communication, where we've been at with the order. And so you're not coming in blind. You still have all the record there of where the order is and how you need to communicate. Love. That's awesome. (laughs) So smart. All right, lady, we'll have a good... You guys have a long weekend this weekend or no? No, probably not. Probably working on Monday. (laughs) But you guys like... The States has a long weekend. I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. I should know what this holiday is. I know. So should I. What is Monday? It's September. Working from home. Labor Day? Holidays seem to disappear. I believe it's Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hit up a cottage this weekend. So I'm going to do some relaxing. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. I super appreciate you reaching out and we, that we got to do this. I think you have. This is so smart. And I think people are really going to dig it. Hopefully you'll get some some leads from the podcast. (laughs) Oh yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. All right. Good luck with everything. Bye. So I need to get myself organized because I definitely love the concept of what she's doing. I need to sit myself down, make a list of exactly where I need support in my business and figure out whether I can just get someone to do it virtually. Like what makes the most sense? This is something that's going to be on my to-do in the next couple of months. Um, But so smart. So very smart. I love, I love it all. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a review. Don't forget to subscribe. I never people, I never tell people to subscribe. Make sure you subscribe peeps. And if you, um, I don't know, what am I supposed to say next guys? Oh yeah. If you want to follow along my journey, go to Real Talk Design with Michelle Bennett in Facebook. It's a closed Facebook group sharing all the behind the scenes stuff, stuff that I don't even share on here basically stuff that can't be outside of the Facebook group wall. And lastly, if you want to join my email list, uh, michellebennett.com slash real talk. It's real talk, real short in your inbox. Just, just some good nugs to keep you going, peeps. Anyways, guys, that's all I got for you this week. Bye.